This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast number 308. We are the Fight Disciples. This is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but obviously Bellator was happening in London at the weekend, so we've got a little bit of that and a bit of bare knuckle fighting for you. Make sure you stick around. Um, if you've only come across us for the first time, you can subscribe via iTunes. Please do so. You're looking for Fight Disciples. You can get all your Android feeds, so if you need a Spotify or something, you can get it on our website, fightdisciples.com, and our social media feeds are at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram, we are at The Fight Disciples. Please go there, and if you uh, are into your interviews, get yourself uh, on our YouTube channel, because uh, even though we have dulcet tones that uh, are like chocolate for your ears, uh, one of us is extremely good-looking, so therefore very friendly when it comes to, obviously, seeing people on camera. I was talking about myself. Thank you. I was talking about myself. (laughs) Um, fresh back from his holidays, here he is. Hey, hey. Nicholas Pete, we a lovely bit of varnish on the old skin there. You've enjoyed yourself there, haven't you, lad? Eh? You've got yourself stuck in. It's uh, that's the good thing about going away with little kids. It's like you literally get up in the morning, have your breakfast, put your trunks on, mm. and that's you for the rest of the day. In and out the pool, in and out the sea, down the beach, building sandcastles, burying the kids, burying myself. Yeah. So you don't get a you don't get a chance to sit out and have a beer or anything anyway. You just so mm. that's why I've come back with this. Absolutely beautiful bronze and right. skin okay. that I've yeah, got. Yeah. Yeah, you still had enough time, though, to uh, abuse me on social media, didn't you, when you saw me getting choked out by Francis Ngannou? That was fucking tremendous. Mm. I was literally, random people by the pool, I was like, <laughs> look at this clown here. Look, look at, at this clown. Look at this lad rolling with a 250 no idea. Cameroonian piece of beef. No look. idea. I'm, I'm saying to Jane, he should be hooking that leg. And Jane's going, Nick, look at the size of the man. He's just Mate. threw him down. There's Mate. nothing he can do. Don't care about hooking any leg. He'd crush him like a grape. And he did. We'll talk about it a little bit later on in the show. Um, This is a week, by the way, where uh, you are living in a world where former boxing world champion got beaten in a bare-knuckle boxing fight with uh, a mixed martial artist that you only really know whose name is because he's mates with Conor McGregor. He was 13 and 15 in the world of mixed martial arts. Autumn Lobov, the GOAT, telling you, get yourself a GOAT. That's our next T-shirt. The next T-shirt that the Fight Disciples do is the Autumn Love of Goat T-shirt. <laughs> Did you watch any of it? Of course, I've seen the highlights. I wouldn't fucking pay for anything like no, that. No, nobody's paying for shit. Um, loads of people, right, jumping on us because we, we, we revel in upsets like this. This is where we come to life. When there's a little bit of something, someone to be given shit to, this is where we, this is where we thrive in the world of the podcast, all right? Polly Malage, you got beat. I don't care what anybody says. He got beat. That's the facts. Yep. And as I have analysed the fight, he won the first round. He won the second round. The third round, you could flip a coin, right? Flip a coin on that. If you want Polly to win it, that's your prerogative. Personally, Lobov won it for me. Lobov then went on to win the fourth and fifth because for some reason, in a burr knuckle scrap, Polly got on his bike and decided to uh, run round the ring. There you go. Artem Lobov, who shit, beat Polly Malinaji. <laughs> Uh, boxing. boxing. <laughs> that is mad. Stupid, isn't it? I want to see Artem Lobov against Sam Eggington now. It's uh, it, it, that, that was a boxing joke, by the way. Um, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm as far removed from enjoying uh, bare knuckle as I ever was. I, I, I see no appeal in it whatsoever because see how busted up these guys are. Just goes to show that street fighting, which is what basically bare knuckle is, yeah. has got absolutely no reflection on. Actual boxing. On actual Queensbury rules boxing. But if anybody knows anything about this, you, you could have picked this, right? You could have thought, Polly will start well, then he'll break his hands, mm-hmm. and then he'll get beat up. Yep. That's what will happen. There you go. Why the fuck is he taking it? No idea. Ego, mate. He's been mugged off. Yep. He has only got... Been played like a fiddle. He's only got himself to blame for this situation. Why is, why is he still trying to compete like this in, in events like this as well? It's not even boxing. You know, he... He's, he's, he, we know why he's doing it because yeah. he's thinking I beat up Artem Lobov I might get to fight Conor McGregor for all the riches that's the only reason why he's fighting Artem Lobov only reason at all he doesn't think he's got it in him still you know he's, he's getting beat up in a, last time he was in a boxing ring he's getting beat up by B-level fighters he knows his career's finished so why would he do this why would he get in with a guy that's used to fight, throw his entire career he's threw punches in four ounce gloves and taking them and now he's throwing punches in bandages 
It's not much of a difference for Artem Lobov, but Paulie Malinaji is used to throwing hands in cushions and has done his whole career. Mm. And then he gets in there and starts throwing his hands and at the end he's complaining that he's broke his hand and he's busted the other hand. What the fuck did you expect? Mm. Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense from start to finish. And it baffles me why it's getting so much attention. But uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm the odd one out. Maybe I'm the fight fan that just doesn't seem to No, I'm not interested. Get it. I'm not interested in any of it other than that. That's the only thing I was interested in. The Malinaji Lobov thing because they created a narrative. They created the narrative with Conor McGregor, didn't they? Fair play to Paulie, he absolutely sold the shit out of this, saying they were going to piss in his toothless mouth, spitting at him and all this type of stuff, all of which is abhorrent and I don't really condone, but it adds to the narrative of stuff, doesn't it? This is what we all buy into. We buy oh. into the story of something. Yeah. And then when he then when he gets beat, it just blows it up even more. I just hope that Paulie can put this to bed now and walk away from it and stop talking about it. He's the one that's... He's the one that's putting fucking petrol on the fire, he constantly is. doing it, just because of the situation which happened with Connor and the sparring video. And the thing with Paulie as well, he's doing well at the moment in terms of his TV exposure. He's one for of boxing. the best commentators he's, in the game. He's one of the most sought after as well. Not only does he work a lot in America, but even Sky have fallen over themselves to have Paulie Malinaji on their broadcasts. I don't know why, but I, I, I sorry, I do know why because he's good and he's engaging TV. I don't know why he's, he's doing this. He's doing this shit. I, I can't imagine, even if he got, you know, 200 grand for that fight, and I, I think that's a stretch, but maybe he did. Maybe they get a quarter of a million quid. I don't know. Well, will he get paid? That's the big question, because yeah. a lot of these lads don't even get paid for Knuckle. But regardless, d- does he need the money that badly? I'm sure fucking Sky paying pretty well. I'm sure Showtime and PBC and all these other fucking networks that he does commentary for mm. paying him well. Does he is, is he that starved of convert- competition? The only thing I put down to is that he's a greedy bastard, and he thinks Lobov will be a brush over because he's shit, and he is. Yeah. And then I'll get the Connor. Then 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 I can sell me against Connor. I've just beat your little bitch up. Now you come and fight with me like a man. Let's let's have a rematch of that sparring session, that infamous sparring session. The best thing about it was, from what I seen, Connor didn't even react. And I thought that was even, that's cooler than anything. Yeah. So everyone's going, oh, now we need to see the sparring video. No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't need to see that no more. We know what happened. Because now <laughs> I've seen Lobov, who's basically built a career being Conor McGregor's punch bag. I've seen him outbox Paulie Malinaji. So I don't need to see the guy who uses Lobov as a punch bag outbox Paulie Malinaji. Now I know that happened. Now I know Connor beat up Paulie Malinaji in sparring. I can see it because Lobov just fucking did it. Let's move on, man. Tell, well, no, no, no. Let's not move on because our favourite guy, Henry Secudo. Oh, this. No, listen. You know that I've gone full circle on Henry. Get that I think he's the bollocks. Get that beat button ready. No, listen. He is the man, he's Henry. He knows what's going on. Listen, he's out for a little period of time at the moment because he's had a little bit of an operation on his shoulder as the goats. The champ, 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 right? He, immediately after Malinaji getting beat, boxer getting beat off MMA star, obviously the pound-for-pound pound best MMA star on the planet, Henry Secudo, jumped on the bandwagon and said, hey, who wants to see me versus Loma? Yeah! <laughs> I am in Henry and I am in your camp. Loma can jog on. It's all about Sahudo. Yeah? Are you in? I'm going to fucking climb. Are you in the Watson? Not fuck out. You want to see it, don't you? You want to see Henry Sahudo? I do. I want to see Lomachenko knock him out cold. Mm. He's been practicing. I would love to see hey, that. he's been practicing his Muay Thai. I've he's, seen that. He's been that, out yeah. in Thailand doing a little bit seen, on the bags with I've the kicks. Seen, uh, Loma throwing kicks at the uh, at the pads. Yeah. Um, listen, Sahudo, he doesn't miss a trick, does he? Any opportunity to make some headlines, and he's all over it. So, just because I don't like the guy, just because I think he's a bit of a tool. Why do you like him? Because he's a tool. He's an Olympic gold medalist. He's a double weight world champion. Doesn't mean he's, he's not go- a tool. He's got it all. Doesn't mean he's not a he's tool. He's the man. He's a pleb. He's a man. He's a bell end. Mm. Uh, that's our second uh, t-shirt that will be uh, <laughs> rolling out by Christmas. The Henry Cejudo. We could do a reversible. We could do a reversible. Henry Cejudo triple C, and then Lob when you turn it inside out, Lobov goat. Nice. There you go. See? It'll either be a T-shirt or a toilet roll, one no, or the other. No, we're going to release gold medals. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Christmas chain. The chocolate inside. Get <laughs> Exactly that. <laughs> um, lots of fighting at the weekend. So I'm going to go Bellator, first of all, seeing as that uh, that was on in the UK. Yep, start on, with the shit stuff. On UK soil. A lot of people obviously turned up at the O2 Arena, and I've no doubt if you're in the O2 Arena... You yeah. got to see it all. <laughs> you got to see it all, and I've no doubt you enjoyed it. Um, however, if you were watching at home, fucking hell, talk about channel surfing. You had to go all over the place to find this, didn't you? Right, we're going to put some on internet, then we're going to go to Sky for a bit, and then we're going to go over to Channel 5, and there might be a chance that you miss some of the fights. 
shit show again. Why can't they just say that they're, t- they're owned by a TV company for this fuck's sake? The, this is the craziest thing. They're owned by a TV company. Just go, right, I tell you what, you know that five star channel that everybody's got that nobody watches? We're sticking it all on there. Yeah. There you go. Bingo. Got a five star now. And you know From what? From start to finish, you can have it all. Do you know what? 15 years ago, that worked for the UFC. They were on Bravo. They were on Bravo, and you knew exactly where it was every weekend. And obviously now, they this is what I don't understand about Bellator. They come out, they slap their cock on the table at the start of this year and went, boom, we've got a Sky Sports deal. And everyone was like, oh, Ooh, shit. Yes, here we go. Game changer, because we know a few people that get paid off Bellator. And they were like, this is a game changer. This is, this is the moment Bellator overtake the UFC. And I was like, mate, with the UFC just like... Almost jumping into bed with eleven and coming back to BT Sport. That relationship's not probably not great, or maybe not great. Hopefully, that's not the case. And especially with them doing pay per views. That's and what stuff I mean. Like it that. was like, oh shit, Bellator. Actually, they're going to do fourteen UK shows a year, or whatever they profess they're going to do. They've got this Sky Sports deal, but actually, in true Bellator fashion, they fucked it. They're absolutely fucking it up. <laughs> like they literally, they couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery. Mad mate. It's bonkers. How is that company surviving? I just don't get it. The business model inside the cage and outside the cage is fucking clueless. Who the fuck works for them? It's mental. And I know they absorbed a lot of the Bama guys, but I like the Bama guys. They were good at what they were doing, man. Bama was what it was. This is Bama wrapped up with the Bellator badge, but it because the Bellator people chipping in as well, they just... How many people are in that organisation saying this is what we're doing and then someone else must be going, no, actually, we're doing this. And then someone else is going, well, actually, I've just signed a contract that we're doing this. It's a fucking shit show. Listen, the boss, John Kavanagh, just needs to take a grip of this organisation. Scott Cocker. No, no. John Kavanagh owns Bellator. All right. He just needs to take a grip of this organisation, John Kavanagh, Conor McGregor's coach, and say, listen, I own it. I'm the boss. I pull all the strings. I say who's fighting who. I handpick all the fights. So let me just sort out the TV deals as well. Because John Kavanagh does everything else. He, run, he runs Bellator. So let him just crack on and do it. Because at the moment, with all these people, it's a fucking shit show. It's an embarrassment. Now, I was away. I've had to catch up with this and dribs and drabs. But I'm on my social media because I'm like, I wonder how shit's going on. Obviously, I'm working towards watching Molly McCann live. This, listen, this is the other contrast. So I'm in fucking Spain with the family of putting the kids to bed. And I'm like, oh, come on. Come on, kids, settle down. Now Molly's fighting in 30 minutes, for fuck's sake. I got you. I picked me phone up. And I'm like, I'm going everywhere. And then I've just seen Twitter. And it's like, Bellator, shit show. What the fuck? And not just fans. People who I respect, like Pete Carroll, who's a good journalist for MMA, fighting a great journalist from, from Ireland. He's going berserk, going, where the fuck is this fight? Where's that fight? Why is it not on? What's going on? Can anyone else watch it? Why is the app not loading? I can't even watch the fights. So then everyone's jumping on. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with Bellator? The only people I'm seeing talk about it in a positive light are people who are actually inside the arena in London. Everybody else is saying, Bellator's a fucking joke. Now I, with one other finger, went, boop, UFC app, play, and I'm watching live on my phone up to the second. From the, that's the difference. That's the difference we're talking about. You know, we've often said in this past, or I have been guilty of saying, Bellator is your, your Europa League to UFC's Champions League. I was wrong. Bellator are not the Europa League. They're not. They're, they're, they're worse than Cage Warriors. I feel right now Bellator are worse than Cage Warriors. If you're a UK audience, they're worse at delivering. At least with Cage Warriors, it's slick. It's a good show. It's well matched. And that's the other and thing. And you know what it is. It's on Fight Pass. Exactly. You know exactly. You used to be on BT Sport, which was even better. But now it's on Fight Pass. You know exactly where to go for your fix. Mm. When you send the people for three different channels, how do you expect to grow anything? And then, of course, we come down to the matchmaking. And the matchmaking on Bellator cards is absolutely wank. Apart from the main event, the main event was solid. Main event was decent. Main event was... The main event was a throwback. Listen... Someone we know pretty well has been talking shite about Gegard Mousasi for a long time now, ever since he left the UFC. Now, Gegard Mousasi, we were ma- when he went on that team, the UFC, he we was were my like, favourite middleweight. Holy fuck. Favourite middleweight. He could be the guy. And then he jumped ship to Bellator and we were like, why? Gegard, why? You're he finally w- winning well, fights. He, he w- yeah, but he wasn't getting a shot, was he? He wasn't getting a shot in the middleweight title. At some stage, he'd have got a shot. At some stage, Gegard Mousasi was one of the best... When he left, he was top five middleweight in the world. Maybe even higher. So he jumps over to Bellator, and then he's like, they can sell the rhetoric now. Well, actually, this guy's... Fuck it. 
If if I'd have read one more person say he's actually the best middleweight on the planet, I'd have threw up. Yeah, but that's because you're a massive Robert Whittaker fan. I th- I genuinely think that Gegard Mousasi can compete with the very, very best in the UFC. Compete, yes. And, and, and win some, lose some. That's what competing is. I think he could get in with Robert Whittaker and maybe beat him. No, he wouldn't. It doesn't beat. It doesn't beat Whittaker. He certainly doesn't beat Adesanya. How do you know? Just doesn't do it. It's not good enough because he's been in the UFC. He was in the UFC long enough to not reach the top. He was in the UFC long enough that you just said it then. He was never going to win a title. No, I never said that. I said he wasn't getting a title shot. He was on a. T- he was on a good tier. Yeah, he would have eventually got a title shot. How long? How long did he have to wait? Well, maybe if, if he'd signed a new deal, he'd have got a title shot. Go on. Keep hating on Bellator because I think Masasi's the mustard. Even though he got beaten, he got beaten. The <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Lovato Junior's mustard now. Actually, well, this is what I mean regarding it being a throwback. Do you remember when we first started watching this sport, and it was quite obvious that everybody was one-dimensional? Yeah. You do this, you do this. Lovato does one thing. He yep. does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He does it fucking very, very, very well. And to see Masasi, who I think is a very good rounded fighter take on someone like that I found it fascinating it was a proper throwback first yeah. two rounds all Lovato Masasi comes in and then the way that Lovato flipped it back in the fifth round in order to take control of the fight get it on the deck and as soon as it went down I went that's done. it done I'm we're over we're I'm over because he ain't getting up nope sensational Absolutely. really good yep that was the best thing about it that was the best thing about the show is that it yeah you don't want to talk about Aaron Chalmers or anybody like that listen I, I, listen I'm not going to jump on that I've said this before, I ain't jumping on the knocking on Charles gravy chain. I'm not. But at the end of the day, he lost his last fight, so they had to handpick an opponent for him. Correct. So they handpick a guy whose biggest selling point was he's got 13 siblings. That was actually <laughs> on the stat. When it came on screen, it said, Fred Freeman yeah. has 13 siblings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his best selling point as a fighter. Yeah. He's one of 13 kids. Oh, yeah. shit, he must be able to fight then. He had to fight 12 others. for his <laughs> <laughs> That was his biggest strength. Now, but I'm not beating up on Aaron Chalmers because he pulls a market in. He gets that Channel 5 audience. And, that, he, and he keeps turning up, mate. He's he putting good, it in. Listen, he's he has trying. a fucking good old go. Yeah. And he trains up in Newcastle now. He's not going to Birmingham no more since that broke that uh, that big super team broke up. He's training with some friends of mine up in, in Newcastle as well. He's training uh, with my old assistant who, who does tie boxing at the same gym he does. Uh, and he's training at SBG South Shields That's as well. That's correct, yeah. Uh, lads do, who I know very well up there. So And they... they I've said he's grafting hard, he's working hard, and he is. But you can't sell him, and you can't build him up to be something he isn't. He's no, fighting. that's correct. He's, he's very much a novice pro, a very very novicey. But the normal block on the street can can resonate with him because he is us. That's what yeah. he's doing. He's got. He's, he's having a go. He's got. He's had a dream. He's having a go. Like you said, we yeah. don't think he's ever going to get to world level, but no. he's having a fucking go. And I admire that, man. Yep. I admire it every single time he makes that up to go walk because it takes some bollocks to do it. Yep. Paul Daly, Eric Silva was a decent bash. You know, it was what it was. Two guys that couldn't cut it with the UFC. Um, James Gallagher gets another hand-picked opponent for me a little bit. I'm not beating up on James Gallagher either. At the end of the day, the kids read a blueprint of how to make millions and he's, and he's following it as best he can. I wish he was a bit more James Gallagher and a little bit less Conor McGregor, but pff, I ain't beating up on the kid. Fucking hell. Mm. He's following the goat in terms of making money, so you can't fucking argue with him. What do you reckon of uh, Manif against uh, Kent Coppinen? Did you watch that fight? The, uh, the heavyweight's having a little bit of a knock. I mean, what is he now? 43, 43 now, Melvin? I, I watched Melvin fight 18 years ago. Yeah. And he was announced on the night as a veteran then. <laughs> Fighting in Liverpool against Paul Cahoon, who was a fucking mentalist. Mate, the, the first way. first seven minutes of this is amazing, and then both of them just go, <laughs> "Oh fuck!" <Exactly. laughs> Zero left in the gas tank. So yeah, you. The problem with the sh- listen. If you were in London Arena on the night, you may have loved it. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I can't argue with it in terms of on the night production. If you're in there. You know, there's a shitload of fights. It starts about two o'clock in the afternoon. Get stuck in. There were 19 fights, I think. It's fucking mental. But you're owned by one of the biggest TV companies in the world. They own you. Why can't you just get your TV sorted? Why don't just say, my God, we've got this amazing deal with Sky Sports. Let's put it all on Sky Sports. Maybe Sky don't want it on. They only had it on for an hour. But why are it Sky Sky Action? Yeah, go on. We'll have it for an hour. Because they won't be paying for it. Of course they're not paying for it. Sky getting that for free. But why is Sky getting it for an hour? Because Sky must realise and go, put this on for an hour. 
because the the bound to upsell the rest of the cards now on Channel Five. That's not they don't own Sky. Channel Five owned by the people that own Bellator. It is mad that it's a weird sellover. It's Why would mad. someone at Sky go? Yeah, we'll have it for an hour. When so I got told about it, send I'm... people to go over there. Yeah, when someone was telling me about it, I was thinking, Why are they split? Channel it? Four would be different. Don't Channel Four own Sky? Oh no, Channel Four own BT Sports. I just don't get why Sky would want to send their audience away to a different channel that isn't owned by yeah. News International or whoever owns Sky these days. It's just a weird one, and I think I can't see that Sky deal going anywhere because Bellator had an opportunity to go to Sky. Listen, well, yeah, you're not paying us for the content. Clearly, they're not paying for it, Sky. You're getting it for free, but what we're going to do is we're going to fucking give you a three-hour brilliant package put together and just go to Channel 5. Well, you don't even you don't even have to have this conversation with Channel 5 because Bellator, as the company, the umbrella company, own Channel 5 as well. Either you're on Channel 5 or you're on fucking Sky. Yeah. I just don't get it, man. What yeah, are but, you doing? Yeah, but the whole production was catered for the streaming service because you'd, what you'd have is then... In the US, would yeah, be slick. Yeah, but then you, what you'd have... Yeah, but there was no adverts on the streaming service. So what you'd have is during rounds when it was cut into presenters, Sky were obviously going to adverts. So it'd be in the middle of a pre- presentation. So therefore... Me and you were, let's say me and you were presenting it, and we chat, 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 and then all of a sudden it'd be like this. And you'd come back in like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking mad. Weird. Weird. So what are they hanging around for then? The zone to launch in the UK? So they, because I'm guessing the whole show just went start to finish on the zone, did it? Yeah. So are they waiting for the zone to come to the UK? Ash, don't get it, me. Weird. Mm. Very weird. Uh, and then in total contrast, as you just said, you've got UFC Greenville going down. Listen, for us, it was all about Molly McCann. Ugh. And that's where we started. Ooh-hoo-hoo. I know that there's obviously some sensational knockouts on this card, Make including that the Koreans. Win, on Eric Spicely, the first fight on. It was great. Mate, I'm lying in bed in Spain, watching it on my phone, going, this is fucking awesome. Then obviously Molly come on, it was just like... It was like what? In love. Is that what it sounded like? In love. <laughs> I was sitting there with my wife, obviously. I'd, I was with Molly the week before she flew out, before we went on holiday. Where's this going? And my wife was like, oh, is this Molly? And I was like, yeah, yeah, they are, isn't he? So we because obviously had headphones on because the kids were... He is in here. Look at these two back up bus on so way to school. We're sharing, uh, we're sharing headphones, watching Molly on the phone, and it took my wife all of, like, three minutes to become the world's biggest Molly McCann fan. We were just, like, jumping all over the bed in silence. <laughs> Scousers. She was tremendous. We talked about on our boxing show, Tyson Fury putting in a perfect, perfect performance. And I would go so far as to say that Molly McCann was absolutely perfect against Ariana Lipsky. Well, hang on a minute. It would have been perfect if she'd have stopped her. Right? It was mate, it was very good. She gets showbiz. She gets it. I mean, the, the takedown at the end of the first round when she's fucking giving it the uh, finger point to the crowd, celebrating yeah. off the back of them cheering. I'm just like... You have you've got it. It's performances like that that in, that ensure that you're never going to get cut from the UFC. Exactly, crowd pleasing, playing to the crowd, spinning back fists, high kicks, mixing it up, takedowns, alley shuffles. You no, know, there's been a lot of a lot of chat while I was away about taking people down and whether it pays off or not. Because obviously, we'll get to Brendan Lachlan in a minute. Brendan fucking paid the price for it. But the difference is, Molly takes Ariane down. Does the old Alan Shearer finger point, gets finished in ground and pound. Second round, takes it down again, gets full mount, raining in elbows. Nearly and finished it, ground. nearly finished, nearly it, finished it. And it. That was what surprised me the third. I say it would have been perfect had she got the finish. That would have been like the cherry on the cake. Surprising that Molly didn't take it down midway through the third just to go, and I'll do it again. Bump, and now, because it was so easy to get full, yeah. full uh, get full control in the first, in the second round. I'll do it again in the third, get full mount, bam, and I'll get the finish. But... Molly being Molly, she just wants to stand and bang. She she lives for that last 10, 20 seconds where she can go, come on then, and just fucking plant her feet and just start winging well, away. She did. she did it again. At the Well, that's the thing. At the end of the fight, when she's alley shuffling, dancing around, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, saying, right, come on, me and you now. Clapper's gone. Come on. Here we go. Stand here. Me and you now. Let's have a go. When she's won the previous two. I didn't get what. Listen, Bisping's a mate of mine, but I didn't get Bisping's commentary at all. When he was say? like, he said, "Oh, well, it's all to play for in this last round." Got a round each, and I was like, "A round each? What the fuck are you watching, Mike?" First one was tight. Second one was definitely Molly. And I, I thought... think the first one was kind of tight, but, yeah, but the takedown, the takedown sealed it. Yeah, Take it her down and start rounding ground up. I think the judges had that, didn't they? they had it, it, was three. Three, it was thirty twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah. I had no qualms whatsoever that it was a, a completely one. But to have position. the bollocks to go right, let's have it. There's a chance I could get sparked here. Well, that's the whole thing about Brendan, isn't it? It's like, that's what Dana has not given him a contract for. And we'll come on to that. But listen, Molly 
that's the, that, that's what she does. She, she's like, fuck it, man, let's have it. I've won, I've won the previous 14 minutes, but you know what? It's 10 seconds to go. Let's have a go. Against a tie boxer as well, so the girl that's the girl's strength. Yeah. She outboxed her. She, for me, from start to finish, I could tell all fight. Clara streaming down her face. She loves it. That's the only way. I, I think she cuts herself. <laughs> I think Molly cut herself between rounds. Cut, cut the me, eye, Mick. Mick. <laughs> cut the eye. Cut me, Paul. Cut me, Paul. Yeah. Because she wants that moment. Her social media as well, post fight, is probably the most entertaining thing on the internet for a good 24 hours afterwards. Did you she, see just, the, uh, she just goes out on the lash. Did you see the pound for pound queen? Le- celebrating it as well. Amanda Nunes was like, yeah, I saw a tweet. Meatball and shit. Uh, on her Instagram stories, though, she's straight on the vodka and cokes, isn't she? She's straight out and about. She were in a bar and I think they were rerunning her fight and she's there going, There's me on the telly. <laughs> brilliant. She's just brilliant. She's fucking ace. Absolutely ace. I hope, they, I hope UFC Europe as a promotional team now realise the potential that they've got with Molly and jump all over her yeah. because, you know. I know she's done bits of TV for them before and they absolutely loved her and mm. they just need to push her now. They need to get her on as many TV chat shows and whatever else, magazine interviews as they can because she's got an amazing story. Mm. Um, if you want to know more about Molly, Nick did an interview before he went away. It's on our uh, uh, feed. Subscribe to the podcast. You'll be able to see it. Uh, it was last week's show. There's also a couple of interviews with a couple of other famous faces on there as one well. One or two, you know, one or well, two. let me just say this, right? Because I'm going to call you out on something here because I got some shit for you whilst I was away. Why? I'll tell you why I got some shit. Just because I uh, I, I sorted out the fucking Big Francis takedown? No, no, no. Right? This is not... This this is what happened, right? So, Nick, as everybody knows, I was in Vegas, right? So I'm out in Vegas. And I get a phone call from our lovely friends at BT. Listen, we're calling a a press conference on such and such and such a day for Khabib and Dustin Poirier. They're going to be in London. Are you about? No, Nick is. Sorted, Right? So I know full well that that conversation for Nick to do that interview happened at least four or five days before it took place, right? I know that. Are you, are you going to agree with me at this point? I think so, yeah. Never mind think so. Did it happen at that point, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So it's booked in. Okay. So the instructions that I have for Nick was, go down to London, interview Khabib, interview Dustin, make sure you come back with the fucking audio from those interviews and I'll have them up on the internet so people can get buzzed up about it, right? He goes... Yep, no problem whatsoever. Right. In the meantime, my radio station phoned me, right? Adam, we're, uh, we're doing the, um, the the press conference for uh, Khabib mm-hmm. uh, and Dustin Poirier. Any chance? I said, I'm in Vegas. You know I'm in Vegas. I'm out, I'm out there working for you guys in Vegas, right? Nick's going to be down there if you want him to do some stuff. Phone call goes into Nick. Here he is. Money bags is thinking, ching, ching, ching. <laughs> I'll cash this one in as well. So he signs up for that, don't you, as well? Yep. Right? Now, you didn't tell them though, did you? You didn't tell them that you were rocking and rolling with the television guys, did you? I fucking did. They take no notice. Right. Well, anyway, I get a phone call from my guys saying, your lad's just fucked us off at the actual press conference. He's cleared off to go and do telly. See, I told you, it's all about the looks, isn't it? He's looking for the most exposure. Where's the most exposure? YouTube. That's what he's cleared <laughs> off to go and do. Then, the worst bit about this, bear in mind that this was a Fight Disciples thing and we were kind of subbing it out to whoever... Uh, the BT boys and the TalkSport boys and all mm-hmm. these types of guys, as you've probably heard on their networks, yeah? This fucking clown forgets to bring back the the actual content. So he's just gone on a jolly. He's gone all the way down to London, interview could be, done a wicked interview, doing stuff about football and all this type of stuff, chats about Dustin Poirier, about following his career and all this type of stuff, comes home, doesn't even press record. So then I, he then goes on holiday, tells me about it, so I, in Vegas, am scurrying around asking people back in London, is there any chance you can send me Nick's, Nick's interview? <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I can't send it yet. <laughs> right, okay. So I've got to wait like five days before I get home so I can get on the blower to people and make shit happen. Hence it being late. I apologise for that. This is it. I go away on holiday. <laughs> you just go, You think you're just having a fucking crack. Oh, oh, oh. I go away and all day. All right, then. Sorry. I had a I nice holiday to, to I, New York, did, I, I, uh, to Las Vegas, I went to, uh, to work. I hope Casey heard that. Mm. I was on holidays. <clears throat> um, uh, you just think you can speak and it automatically ends up on the internet, you, don't you? That's how I thought it worked. Is it? I'm just the talent. I told you this before. I'm just the talent. This is it. This is why people come up to me at various venues now going, where's the talent? Showbiz. The, he, uh, needs, he needs his hand holding everywhere he goes, this kid. I do. Absolutely, I do, yeah. By the way, good interviews. Well done. Thank you. The Khabib one was spectacular, I've got to be honest. (laughs) 
the Khabib one's done Can well. Can I just bear in mind? Khabib one's done over 600,000 views. Well, just bear... Hang on. All right, stop blowing your own trumpet. Can I just point out that mm-hmm. on the Fight Disciples Network, mm-hmm. the uh, the Dustin Poirier one has actually done more listens. Wow. Because so, everyone's already seen the Khabib no, one on YouTube. Well, maybe it is that, or maybe it's the fact that it's a scouser talking to a, 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 a guy from Dazakhstan. And they think... <laughs> when you can't leave free, it's impossible. Yeah, where's, where's the fucking lip read and where's the actual subtitles? I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a chance with the American kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised BT Sports audio team, because they were like, we're going to have to subtitle this. Yeah. <laughs> video. I'm telling you now. And I was like, if they dare subtitle me, but yes. not Khabib, yes. <laughs> like, you bastard. That is 100% what was going <laughs> down. It's me right up. But uh, no, it was a good experience. How is Flathead? Is he all right? Hey, told you. Flat at the back of the skull. Yeah. Flathead syndrome. Serious. It's a serious condition. And uh, he was absolutely golden, to be honest with you. I was, uh, unlike me, you know me, I'm a, I just turn the shit up and tip. Turn it on. I've noticed. Watch the magic happen. I've, I've noticed. I don't right? do any prep. No, no, no. He doesn't test anything, right? He doesn't test it. Honestly, I don't do any prep. Anybody that has done anything like this before, you know full well that you obviously you check your sound levels, you check your, the actual shots that you're filming and all this type of stuff. Nick, you can tell that Nick has lived in this fucking weird world of papers, right? And, and print all of his life. Turns up. Right, let's go. No, hang on, Nick. Nick, you can't just fucking start. I'm ready. We've no recording equipment. Yeah, it's all right. Don't worry about that. They'll hear it. How are they going to fucking hear it? There you go. Yeah. To be fair, you're a dream for the actual uh, talent that you're interviewing, aren't you? Because they think, this guy's fast as fuck. He's straight in, straight out. No fucking about. No messing about. To be honest, I thought Khabib was going to be tough because he's Khabib and he doesn't do a lot of interviews in English anyway. So from a start, I, I even when I turned up, I was like, is Khabib going to have a translator with him just in case? Because I'm thinking, Don't want to do I, can, I can polish my scouse as best I can, mm. but he may need a translator. But fair fucks to him, his English was absolutely spot on. And honestly, once I got him talking about footy, he was away. He was in. He's a red, isn't he? He's not. Once we were talking about Istanbul, we were both like, like, turn the cameras off, we're going for the bevy. We're on it now. <sighs> Istanbul, Igor Bishkan. He was rattling them all off. I was like, fucking love it, Khabib. Love it. But we're mates now. We're going, yeah. to, go to, we're going to Dagestan in a few weeks. I was going to tell you about this after the show. Mm. I've sorted it with Team Khabib. So we're going to go out there and spend a week with Khabib. What's this team. wee thing? Me and you are going. No, I'm all right. You no, can... no, me and you, going... you Listen, you can't just go to Vegas and fucking New York, you know. Sometimes you have to do the bad the... <laughs> <laughs> the less glamorous. The less grammarless the signings. I ain't wrestling bears out there, mate. Me and you are going. BT Sport are paying. Are they? Yeah. Do they know? They do now. <laughs> a week a week with Khabib. Just uh, a week with Khabib. Fucking hell. Before we get on to uh, me rolling around with uh, Ingarno, just a quick one on Greenville. Zombies. But, well, the zombie is back. From that crazy what? knockout against Yaya hey. Rodriguez. Shot. To him, to turn Don't it forget on. he was beating Yara Rodriguez until that's what I mean. as well. He was fucking winning the fight. So therefore, psychologically, that must be that must take its toll on you. A reverse upwards, non-seen elbow Knock to the, the face. Year, what the, the fuck mm. was that? But then for him to come out and des- de- deliver that on Moicano, unbelievable. Within a minute as well of the uh, it was first bell perfect. going. It mm. was perfect. And um, I, I don't know what site it was, but if you're listening to us, kudos to you. But it seemed one of the one of the one of the like a blog site, it might have been a boxing blog site saying, if you think boxing in MMA is shit, look at this and change your mind because the way Chan Sung Young roll, slips a shot, turns his hip over and gets all that fucking power into that hook, absolutely perfect. Moicano was asleep by the time it crossed his jaw, punched right across his jaw. You won't see a better knockout than that this year. Apart from one Chan Sung Young, walk into. Mm. Um, unless your name is Jorginho Rosenstuck. Did you see his, uh, nine? was it nine seconds? Mate, jab down and then boom, see you later, son. Mate, just a fucking big shaved silverback gorilla, isn't he? What an absolute machine of a man he is. Christ almighty, no wonder there's a bit of excitement about it. Imagine him. Imagine this scenario. No, you're gonna, I know what you're going to say. Imagine him yeah. toe-to-toe yeah. with Francis and Ganu. No. What the fuck? If they hit each other on the chin, there'd be a proper tremor. Like, the, the ground would shake. It's like a monster movie. Absolutely frightening. That guy is going to get fast-tracked up the top of those rankings. You better believe it. Mm. What a finish that was. He fucking near killed him with a jab. Mm. Literally jabbed him. Knocked him on the seat of his pants. Then that follow-up right <laughs> hand. Oh, my God. It came from the lights. 
I was just like, holy shit, you evil motherfucker. That's what you want, man. That's who I want at the top of the heavyweight division. Absolute monsters like him. Mm. Uh, just a quick one on Matt Wyman. Where's he from? Congo or some shit like that as well? Yeah. Him against Nganu. Holy shit. Suriname's from, sorry, not Congo, mm. Suriname. Um, Matt oh. Wyman, he has been out of the UFC for what, five years? Allegedly not even training in that five-year period, and it kind of showed when he uh, took on Luis Pena at the weekend. I was a little bit upset that Louis, uh, that Wyman's people didn't pull him out after the second round. He was getting lit clean up. He looks so dated against uh, a longer, taller, rangier striker that was just landing at will, constantly yeah. at will. Absolutely busted his face up, and I just thought, he ain't going to turn this round. Just fucking pull him out. I just think if Matt Wyman's going to come back... You know, put him in with other vets. Yeah. Put him in with Diego Sanchez or fucking, you know, uh, Clay Guida or, you know, people like that. Put him in with that, his generation. Don't put him in with violent Bob Ross. That could looks like he could actually fucking go on a real tear in the, in this uh, lightweight division. A guy that's talented everywhere, that's big, that's long, that can pl- fight on the ground, that's got heavy hands. He just beat the shit out of Matt Wyman. I just thought, what was the point in that? Mm. Like, what was the point in feeding him? To uh, to to Lewis Pena after so long out, like sometimes the matchmaking with the UFC can be sensational, and sometimes it can just be fucking absolutely horrible. Mm. Uh, just pine back to the the Joe Silver days when Joe used to do all the matchmaking, and I, I, maybe maybe I've just got rose tinted glasses on, but I don't remember there being fights like this. Do you know what I mean? It was like there was a bit more compassion there. He hasn't fought the UFC in over four years. You're gonna match him with Pena. Is that a fucking joke? To be honest, uh, we didn't get to do a preview show, but that would have been, if we'd have highlighted what to look out for and whatnot, that would have been the one I'd have gone, mate, I'm terrified for Matt Wyman. What the fuck is he doing? Mm. Uh, speaking of matchups uh, and matchmaking, since you've been away... I've got a new favourite, by the way. What, fire? Yeah. Go on. Ashley Yoda. Hmm. Why? Because she's a smoke show. Mo- well, I was just about to come on to Shevchenko. More than Shevchenko? She's a smoke show. Shevchenko's fighting uh, Carmucci. For those that don't know too much about this, um, she's lost twice in mixed martial arts, says Shevchenko. Um, we're building back towards the other one in Amanda Nunes. This is the one. Carmucci was the first person to beat her uh, in mixed martial arts in a previous organisation, and did they're going say, at it again. Did you say Carmucci? Carmucci. Is that not how you pronounce her name? Just Liz Carmouche. Carmucci. Just Liz Carmouche. It's got an apostrophe over the E. Listen. When I was in London last week as well, I got told off. For pronouncing what? For not for pronouncing everyone wrong. Yeah, that's what we do. We got told off. Not just me, but you as well. Yeah. In fact, the person said to me, in fact, uh, the person, Ben Chilly. Of course it's Ben Chilly. Ben Chilly has the biggest B in his body about the way that we pronounce and it. Was a, I'm glad he's going to Vegas. I know that you're listening to this, Ben. I know that you're moving out there now. Maybe you can ease off on giving us shit because this pronunciation is going to get even worse now. <laughs> it's like when it, I was doing a TV show, right, with... Jorge Masvidal. No, it's George, right? It's George Masvidal. That's who he is. That's his fucking name. Tied to a Vasa, it was. Tied to a Visa. There we go. So I, Chili said to me, you said it perfectly. You went, oh yeah, tied to a Vasa. And then Adam went to a Visa. And then the two of you for the rest of the show went to a Visa. And stop listening to him. You know how to say it, say it properly. No, you, uh, what? Yeah, he said I knew what to say. He said I, my pronunciation was good. So... Take his dick out your mouth, Ben. <laughs> Shh. I need somewhere to, someone's sofa to crash on when we get to Vegas. Carmouche. Yeah. Liz Carmouche. All right. Liz Carmouche. Yeah, it's a good fight in terms of, you know, it gives my girl the opportunity to... Uh, avenge that loss. To avenge that loss, of course it does. And Carmouche um, certainly deserves that opportunity as well, but... Listen, it's only going one way. Valentina's going to keep that bell for a long time, baby. It's only going one way. Um, um, Rocky Edwards is taking on uh, Rafael Doz and Joss. <laughs> That's for you, Ben. <laughs> um, at last, man. At last, we're sat here going, yes. Rocky's got a knock. Rocky's got a proper knock. This is it now. All the talk has got to stop. This is it. It shut up or put up. Yep. Come on, Rocky, mate, do the business. If he comes through this, my days, that is a victory. It's a big win for him, yeah, exactly. And it's the name he's been clambering for. You know, he said he wants a, a big name. It's fucking hard, though, mate. It's hard. 
And it is, you know, De Sanyos has lost um, in this weight division. He's lost twice against Kobe Covington. Yeah. And he's lost against Kamari Usman. Yeah. You know, and then his previous defeats have been against <laughs> Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Former lightweight champion Adi Alvarez, which Correct. was Alvarez defense. Yeah. And his other defeat was fucking in living memory was Khabib. So the guy only loses two elite, elite guys. And, you know, that's the last five years of his career. There. And the if you actually look at that, if you look at all that, there's a common thread of wrestlers there. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of them are wrestlers, aren't they? Yeah. Well, Tony Ferguson's rounded. Who else did you mention there? Khabib, Khabib Covington, Usman, yeah. certainly wrestlers. Yeah. yeah, he got knocked out by Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, pretty early on, if I remember rightly. There you go. The first round knockout, but... but he's still got a stellar wrestling background as Eddie Alvarez. So look, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. So Rocky, get on the deck, man. Get the old WWE going. I know, but do you really want to take on Rafael de Sanos on the deck? No, you don't. Fucking, it's hard. Know. That that's a hard, hard fight. Was he a third degree black belt jujitsu? <laughs> you know that that that's some crazy shit. And uh, obviously, he's based in Evolve now. He's based over in Singapore, I think. The Sanyos. He's a, he's the grappling coach, I think, over over there. So his his grappling is absolutely on point. Plus, he's his stand up game really flourished over uh, um, when he trained with Rafael Cadero mm. when he was based there for a while as well. So veteran, but a fucking fully rounded veteran. This is the one. This is the one where you think Rocky wins this. We're sniffing at a title shot now. We're sniffing at a big opportunity for him. He's just got to get the job done. That's what he's been waiting for. He's got it, finally. Right, talk to me about Brendan Lockman. Because watching that last week, I was thinking to myself, this is unbelievable. I've only watched bits of him. I know he's a Manchester boy, but I've only seen bits of him, really, because yeah. of the franchises that he's been on and me paying the majority of my attention towards the USC. But I've been watching bits of him. I know his story. I know that he's been here before, everything that's happened. I'm watching that fight. I'm thinking, my days, this is brilliant. Absolutely superb. Lighting the kid up on the feet. And then, obviously, in the last round, going for that takedown. And I'm thinking, he's done it. Absolutely nailed on. He's going to be in the UFC. And then just to see the way that <laughs> didn't give him a contract and then explain why he didn't give him a contract. I come away from it thinking, what were it, seven years ago when he were in tough? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you must have pissed somebody off. You must have pissed somebody off seven years ago and they're trying to teach you a lesson. Because that performance warrants getting a UFC contract. No question about it. Yeah, he's not. Listen, he's lost what three times. He lost on his first defeat was in the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, In fact, it wasn't. It was the UFC. It was a show after it, but it was after Tough. Basically, he got a chance. He lost to Mike Wilkinson, uh, who stayed in the UFC. Then he went away, fought on a plethora of shows, including Bama. Then he lost to Tom Dukenwa, and Tom Dukenwa then got signed by the UFC. Then he ended up fighting for Tanko, which was a Manchester base, then ACB. Then he lost to Pat Healy, who was a one-time lightweight contender in the UFC. That was with ACB. Then he had a couple more wins uh, on lesser promotions. Then he rose and based himself out with Dominic Cruz at Alliance in uh, California. There's literally nothing more that Brendan could have done. You know, he's literally, for the last 10 years, he's battled and battled and battled to get back in the UFC. He finally gets his opportunity with the Contender Series. He goes in the fight. He fucking batters the fella. Wins in the a fight. really good Easy. fight. Wins the fight. And in the last 10 seconds, like so many fights, like Molly did at the weekend, just to rubber stamp it, just in, just in case you think this round's a bit close, here's me doing what I want as well. Picking them up, putting them down, putting the fight on the ground. Boom, there you go. That should seal it. Fighters have been doing that for generations, you know. Using their skill set. That's exactly. what they do. This is mixed martial arts. This is not bare-knuckle boxing. I don't have to stand and trade with you. I've won every round, and now I just want to show me utter dominance by fucking putting you on your back as well. Thank you. I've just rubber-stamped my move into the UFC. To then get Dana White come out and go, well, I'm making an example because I don't want that. You can't just change the sport. That, that's the sport. You can't just change it. You know, we've just been talking then about Kamari Usman and Colby Covington and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Are you going to do the same to Khabib? You're going to say to Khabib, wait a minute, fuck you, you ain't getting a bonus. You fucking wrestled him. I just think it stinks at double standards. And you know, as you say, if I was if I was Brendan, I'd I'd, I'd want to speak to Dana and say, "Listen, man, what the fuck have I done? Like, have I pissed on your chips or something? Have I upset you in some way? Because all I've done for my entire career is work to come back to your promotion. I've got here. I've just won decisively. Mm. And I thought I was doing something that he could. He didn't have to do that. He could have carried on fighting on his feet. He'd won the fight." That was the frustrating thing. 
And I feel for Brendan because he is. He's a nice kid, man. And he's put his, literally put his life on hold. And he's moved to California. He's jumped into bed with Dominic Cruz and Alliance and all that. He's, he's, he gave up his life in Manchester where he was a successful fighter to gamble it all on making this dream happen. And to, to be denied at that point. And you, you can, only, you can only fucking feel for the kid. Mm. And even people like Paddy Pimlet. Now, people who follow UK MMA know that Paddy and Brendan have been going at it on social media for years. Even Paddy Pimler come out, on, I seen his social media, and he was like, mate, fair fucks. We don't get on. I wish we would have fought, but you deserve to be in the UFC. You deserve it. You've been shit all over. And he's right, man. I, I, I kind of, I'm trying to play devil's advocate because cause I want to say why, I'm trying to explain why Dana did it to myself and I'm like he's trying to make it makes no sense though he's trying to make a statement to go I just want people to stand and bang but this is not bare knuckle boxing Dana you know that this is mixed martial arts it's not like he he's he's, he's trying to pinch the last round to try and pinch the fight the fight was won it's in the bank he'd done 12 13 minutes previous of standing and banging and lighting yeah. the kid up on the feet like you said it was a case of I'm a mixed martial artist. Yeah, this I'm going to show my, you I can do this now this as well. Is, exactly. This is my skill set. I can do a lot. I'm not just a one-dimensional kid. Like we saw with Lovato in uh, Bellator at the weekend. He yeah. was one-dimensional. Don't get me wrong. He was fucking amazing at being one-dimensional. But it is mixed martial arts now. We've got this We've got this new generation of fighters, haven't we? People like Zabit, who are so rounded. All those types of characters. We want to see more of that, don't we? We want to see guys that can compete on the feet, compete on the floor, compete on any aspect of this game. Brendan most certainly did that in that fight at the weekend, uh, last Tuesday, should I say. And like you've just said, it's very hard to firstly understand the decision as to why he didn't get a contract, and then two, everybody in the everybody must feel some type of sympathy towards him because, as you just said, he's put his life on hold to get to this point, and he's through 30, no now. fault of his own, that dream's at this moment not coming true. I think it will happen, but like you say, he's 30 years of age now. Does he want to get in there at 31? Time's ticking. He's going to have to fast track. 2012 was when he did the Ultimate Fighter, when he fought Mike Wilkinson on Fox or FX, whatever it was. Mm. 2012. So for the last seven years, he has done nothing but grind. And, and he has been back. offered contracts, lucrative door, yeah. and he's turned them all down because he, he wants, wants to be, to be a UFC. UFC. He wants to be in the Champions League. He wants to compete with the very best. I say, there's only losses since that time against guys who've been either been in the UFC and were very successful, or moved to, or a guy who leapfrogged into the UFC straight after. Mm. You can only feel for him, man. You can genuinely only feel for him, and hopefully, hopefully Dana can see that the wave of support that he's made a mistake, and that, you know you'd like to think that Brendan may get a late notice fight or whatever it may be. You know, certainly if it's in Europe, he might go right. There's a fight here with two weeks' notice. Do you want it or not? You'd like to think just because of the. I think the emotion the, yeah. pulled back on Dana, I think might have shocked Dana a little bit. I think he might have expected fans to go, yeah, man, fucking right, taking him down with fucking few seconds to go. We want him to fight, man, no bullshit. I, I just think that rah-rah brigade are very vocal, but also the hardcore fans who have been following mixed martial arts for a lot of years, who appreciate every facet of the sport, I think they can be vocal as well. I think a lot of them people step forward and say, hey, Dana, what the fuck is this? You can't change the sport. You built this sport. Mm. It's mixed martial arts. It's not bare knuckle boxing. Mm. Um, I, one fighter that most certainly needs to work on his ground game is uh, Adam Catterall uh, from... Uh, from Poor. What are you saying? You were poor, man. I was embarrassed for you. Hang on a minute. You I was embarrassed only, for you. No, that's bullshit, right? You're just throwing shade now. Because I'd have just gone sidestep, elbow, going around, hooked the let. You've seen 30 seconds. Less oh, than sorry. 30 seconds. Oh, did, did, you, did we miss you lighting them up on the feet, didn't I we? I fucking lit him up. <laughs> what, what happened was this, right? So I've gone over to the UFC PI, which is a yep. sensational place. Absolutely outrageous place. Yeah. And I'm interviewing Francis Ngannou for a piece of... Which I'd set up for you. I'd sorted that. I'd sorted it for you. At least you'd do fucking something, right? So he'd set this up. And uh, I was interviewing him in the room where, allegedly, Conor McGregor lit up Paulie Malanaji mm-hmm. in the PI. So we're in there, we're doing a conversation, great conversation. And the majority of the conversation is about his life, coming mm-hmm. from Cameroon through to France, into the UFC. I haven't seen the podcast yet. Where's the podcast? It's going up this week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So we've got to wait a whole week for your fucking Nganu interview. He's fighting this week, you bellend. What's the point of putting it up last week when he's fighting this week? Okay, later off. Right. I was just trying to fucking, you know, you had to go at me for delaying the audio. What, do you want me to delay your Khabib audio until they actually fight in September? What's the point of that? Everybody's bloody seen it. <laughs> anyway, you'll see it this week. It'll be on your feed. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. So anyway, we had a wonderful chat about Cameroon growing up, his parents' divorce, into France, into the UFC, 
fantastic performances, and obviously his fight this weekend with Junior Dos Santos. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, at the end of this conversation, we all wraps up. This geezer from the PI comes over. He says, uh, "Do you want Francis to maybe uh, demo some moves on you?" And I went, "Not, not really." No. Did, did you say to Francis, "Your ground game shit"? Did you at any point kind of go, "You know, you lost that fight. You were a bit shit." Have you been working? Did you in the conversation say? You need to work on your ground game, Francis. No. Did you set this up for someone to go, cheeky bastard? No. No. You I did, might, didn't you? No, I might. You, did, you questioned this ground right, skills. I might have done, right? Anyway, someone then from the PI came over and said, would you like to have a role with Francis? And I went, I'll, uh, just, I'll, I'll just text Mike at the PI now, back and thank him for that. Thanks, yeah. Mike. Thanks for setting yeah, sort of that out. I, yeah, something went a little bit untoward that day, <laughs> let me tell you. So, anyway, I said, yeah, go on then. He can demo some stuff. That would make a nice little piece for the video that we're making and all that type of stuff. That'd be great. And we'll have a little bit of a mess about. Thinking that it's just all slappy happy, bit of a fun. Bear in mind, I am not a fighter. He is 250 pounds of Cameroonian beef, mate, right? That's exactly what he is. Francis agrees to it. He goes and gets changed. So he's, bear in mind, he's in shorts and a t shirt. We're in the same gear near enough, right? Yeah, yeah. He fucks off to the changing room, comes out, top off. Full UFC shorts on. <laughs> he wants to do a ring walk, and I'm like, uh, I'm in. I'm on the mat. I'm ready to go. Right, shoes and socks off, ready to go. Right. You should have requested a fucking an outfit. You should have said, "Come on, go, he, go and get me a Molly McCann outfit." Not with this gut, right? Anyway, he, he runs into the into the fucking space that we we're having a roll runs at. in, <laughs> runs in, right? And he run. He, he's, he's doing a couple Warming of laps, up. doing a couple of laps, stretching off, getting warm. I'm thinking, he's taking this a bit serious. This we're just having a little bit of a crack, aren't we? Right, anyway, we start. And we start by circling each other. And I've got some pictures of it. I'll stick them up this week. And we're having a little bit of a laugh. And what he's doing then, he's showing me his speed, but we out showing me his power. So he's tapping me on the head and he's tapping me on the chin. And he's yeah, tapping yeah. me to the before body. You and could, before you could even think of slipping it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's doing all that. And I'm thinking, all right, he's pretty quick for a big lad. Sweet as. <laughs> so I then, because he's given me the signal that, he, that he's doing that to me, I can do that back to him, of course, right? So I'm doing the same thing to him. But so you're, you're tapping him now? Yeah, but he's big, isn't he? So I can't get inside that fucking reach. Yeah, yeah. So I'm tapping him basically on the arms, elbows, you know, little bits of this. He then says, right, come on, let's have a proper go. And I said, what do you mean a proper go? He goes, let something go. Let something go proper. Don't worry, you won't hit me. I'm too fast. I said, but let something proper go. So Kicked him in the nuts. No, no, no. <laughs> so I threw a jab, but I didn't throw a jab. I was like, you going, fucking shit. No, no, Should have threw it? No. Should have popped it out no, no, of no. Pop <laughs> I shit my pants, right? You so, poured it out there to let uh, it take yeah, you down. Yeah, yeah, There you go. No, 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 no. Get no. under there. So I poured it, and he had a go at me. He said, throw it. Good. Right? So then I threw a leg kick, and I'm not joking. <sighs> I fucking cracked him. I absolutely cracked him. Just be- below the knee, I absolutely terrorised his knee. Right? His switch went, honestly. Of course he did. He's fucking He's fighting fucking this Saturday, you ma- dickhead, and ma- you're throwing leg kicks at his knees. Mate, his head went, right? He ran at me. Single leg, li- he lifted me with one leg. He didn't double leg me. Seen, you've seen the bit of the video. Yeah. Single leg, one threw me up in the sky, dumped me on my back, and I've landed with my head, with my hands above my head. He's then managed to get me in, like it's kind Side of side control. It, well, yeah, because he, head he and, had a head and arm lock, didn't he? He had my head. I'm trying to explain this to people listening to this. My hand an arm was alongside my ear pointing to the sky, Yeah, if you imagine that. Yeah. But he had me in a full-on, on top of me, top foot. He had full mount and then he went side control, didn't he? Because I just couldn't stop him. He was he was 250 pounds, man. He's fucking huge. And he didn't even put the squeeze on proper around my head. There's a video on my He basically just had you in a, in, a, in a headlock, effectively. Technically, just a headlock, right? But his shoulder was pushing so hard into my shoulder, which was then pushing into my throat. My head was getting dizzy. So I'm tapping like fucking, he's going, are you sure? I said, yes, I'm fucking sure. I'm just about to pop, p- pass out, mate. He, and then he just kept going tighter and tighter and tighter. And then he just fucking released it. And I'm like, <gasps> I was gutted because I wanted him to put you to kip. You want me? In, I, I really did. He didn't, have, in, he didn't have me in a proper choke. Yeah, yeah. But the force of him, fucking hell, mate. He is a heavy, heavy bastard. Heavy bastard. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like it, one, to be hit by him. Yeah. Properly hit by How him. big were his hands, by the way? Huge, mate. Yeah, it's shovels. Double double mine. Yeah. Absolutely massive. Not doing that again. <laughs> I need the size advantage next time. <laughs> so you know. Yeah. Can you imagine me, on and Henry? me and Henry having a little bit of a turn? <laughs> I'd fucking batter Henry, so you know. Right. That is on. Uh, Nganu and JDS this weekend. In that if you com- pick JDS now, 
No, no, no. You're going to go for a head and arm choke for no. Nganu? No, he knocks him out in the first round. Nganu? Yeah. Because I kind of like the narrative of Nganu this week with him questioning JDS's ground game. Yeah. Obviously, now that he's seen me, an elite uh, uh, black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist yeah. mm-hmm. on the mat there and he took me down quite comfortably and choked me out without even Levi's putting a choke belt. on. That got me Matalan belt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's questioning uh, uh, Junior de Santos's uh, legitimacy when it comes to BJJ, isn't it? Yeah. I kind of like that, that little bit of a narrative. So you would think that JDS is going to want to get him down at some point and show him what he's all about. Yes. I don't think he's even going to get that far. I think because he's going to want to shut that distance, big hands are going to land, mate. And I reckon we're not going five minutes in this fight. You think Francis is, is trying to cajole him into shooting for a takedown Something to, like to bury him? Yeah. Um, because let's be honest, big Frank ain't much on the mat. It's all about the fists. Of course it is, yeah. But, you know, Junior's all about the fists as well. You know, this, this is a guy with, with boxing, with real good, probably the best hands in the heavyweight division, him and Stipe, got some of the best boxing. So, uh, Junior in his day, obviously a former champion as well. Um, it could be, listen, this is a bit of a smoker for me. I think this could be a cracker. But uh, I think you're right. I think if Francis lands and lands big, he stops anybody. And, the, with, and with the way that the heavyweight division is situated at this moment in time, I think he's back in there quite quickly. Yeah, Because you've got DC and Stipe, you would think the winner of this would probably be next in line. If if DC stick, sticks around. That's it. Or know. even if he doesn't, there's a vacant title there. You'd think that he'd be in there because, according to Jones, when we last spoke to him, he ain't going up anytime soon. No. The loss against uh, Stipe was such a big setback for Big it, Francis. because it's because it was, it was a, a horrible fight. loss. Yeah, it was a poor shit fight. And Because Stipe just played to his strengths. It was like, you've got no clue on the ground, so I'll just fucking take you down and wear you out. And that's exactly what he did. So I don't think DC would do that. I think DC would look for a finish against Francis Ngannou. Um, but Ngannou's got to get through to Santos first. And the heavyweight division, as we know, it's hard to, it's hard to put mm. five wins together. I know he's had one or two wins and the big win over Cain Velasquez last time out. And I think that could be the narrative for him. If he can stop Junior de Santos, then he calls out DC because he's just finished DC's mate's career. He's ended King Velasquez. He's put it, sent him into retirement. There's a good rhetoric there for him, but first and foremost, he's got to be busy and he's got to land that big shot against Junior De Santos. Because mm. it's one of them, once it gets past three rounds, it becomes a shit show. They're, too, they're so big, these guys. It becomes boring. So you, you want one of them to get smoked early on. What's uh, lighting you up on the card? Because for me, it's all about the main event. Yeah, the main event's an absolute cracker. I like Damian Meyer. Bear in mind, this Rockwell main event well. is only this main event because the Woodley and Lawler fight fell off. Yes. So they moved this from International Fight Week, so it's been moved forward a week, hence this being the, the, the main attraction. Yeah, this was supposed to be on the undercard of John Jones, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, I like Damian Martin against Rocco, uh, Damian Meyer against Rocco Martin. Obviously, Damian Meyer's a good pal of mine, and um, I want to see Damian bounce back. Why don't you have a little roll with Damian Meyer? Because, go on, do I'm that. Not, I'm not. No, do that. I'm not stupid like do, you. Do. <laughs> I don't call out UFC fighters to roll on the mat with. I didn't call him out. I take them out. To I lunch. thought it was just a little bit. <laughs> I take them out to lunch, Adam. That's what you do with UFC fighters. You don't. Offer, you don't say. Yeah, come on, let's have a roll on the mats. Yeah. You say, should we have lunch? Do you want to meet in? The, do you want to meet in the gym and do the interview on the mats? Oh, when I when they said to me. There's an opportunity to speak to Francis Ngannou in, in Las Vegas. Yeah. I said, great, Adam's going over. Yeah, we'll do it for Fight Disciples. And they went, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, sound. I said, okay, where do you want to do it? I went at the PI. <laughs> While Francis is nice, got a nice sweat yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, When there's a ring right behind him Sticks or a cage. Up. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, you're Meanwhile, in a hotel room with Khabib. I met Khabib in a hotel room in central London yeah. with tea for two. That's how you do it, my friend. Is it? Experience is everything. Mm. Um... Drew Dober versus pa- Polo Reyes. That will be on fire. Our boy, Paul Craig, opens the main card as well yeah. uh, against Alonzo Menafield. Don't Last know minute. too much about that guy. Last minute winner again? Last second? Why not? My fucking Paul Craig at the moment. You know, For a guy that's career looked like it was going to be finished, to be back where he is right now. Okay, he wins one, he loses one, but he's super entertaining. You've got you to be in love with his story. You know, it's a real life, here comes the boom story. Um, and right now, I think Paul Craig, he kind of... He's fighting in the UFC. I think he'd made peace with the fact that he was going out of the UFC. So everything's a bonus now. So everything's a bonus now. And I feel like he's, he's, he's fighting better than ever because he's more relaxed than ever. So I'll be all over Paul Craig, of course, as well. But it's hard at the moment. To, these cards are always like smokers. And as I say, I think Nganu De Santos could give us a highlight reel moment. I would love Damian Meyer to certainly turn back the clock, my buddy. But let's be honest, we're thinking about John Jones as well, aren't we? Two three nines just around the corner. We've got to get excited. Don't, that's next week's show. Oh, 
Calm yourself down. Goat. Uh, the goat. There will be a Francis Ngannou interview coming on your feed this week, so make sure you subscribe to us. You can do it on iTunes. You can also get it on our website, fightdisciples.com. Thank you very much for subscribing us if you already do, and if you're brand new to this, hopefully you're enjoying the shows. Uh, there will be a big John Jones UFC 239 uh, preview next week. It's a hell of a fight. Him and Tiago. Oof, baby, light it up, let Shit. me tell you. Um, you can uh, follow us on social media if you, uh, well, if you please, at Fight Disciples. Facebook and Twitter. You can also get at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.